everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And uh, thank you for joining us if this is your first time listening. And welcome back if you are a regular. It's good to have you here. So we'll jump right in. Uh, last week was relational engagement. That was by Andy McDonald. And we decided that to be relationally engaged as a community, it starts with each of us deciding to be present more often. And we just might find that being interested in each other's lives is less than a problem than we thought. You can catch that by going to our website, hospitalchurch.org, and on the top left, you'll see sermons, go down to archives, and then that was the second, no, that, that was the third in our From the Heart series. Uh, second. Second? Yeah. Yeah, and there's more to go, because that's All our- All 12 of them. That's right, that's right. Yeah, that's a whole uh, year. We got a whole year of From the Heart, <laughs> like, I don't know, like Love is Important or something, so <laughs> that's, uh, you'll find that, and we'd encourage you to go check that out if you haven't already. Now, on to this past week's message from our new series, Passages Rarely Preached. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to, I think I'm actually going to make that <laughs> a series that will repeat, reappear once in a while. Oh. So that whenever we have, a, when we have a gap between series or a standalone sermon, we'll go back and find one of these passages rarely preached and um, make me work. Well, well, I like it because maybe the reason that they're rarely utilized is that they sometimes deal with the darkness and and other things. I mean, we're talking about hurricanes and the depths of caves that make grown men shrink in fear. (laughs) We even entertain the thought of the Twilight Zone as sort of a DMZ (laughs) between the darkness and the light. So as you come along today, watch your step, avoid the Legos and marbles as we look closer at No Dark Corners. And I like the obscure nature of this whole idea of trying to find something that maybe we don't talk about very often. And not that we haven't heard the text. Oh, certainly. Yes. Right. Right. Because now am I, am I assuming wrong that that was where this little light of mine came from? Probably there's um, it's interesting how the different gospel writers uh, will write it just a little bit differently. And so most of our minds, when we come to this text are cued in from the Sermon on the Mount where you're the light of the world Cities okay. and can't be hid. Yeah. Or later in the Sermon on the Mount where he talks about, you know, the whole idea of light and darkness again there. And so we, we sort of get those in our minds. So when I was reading through Luke for my own just personal application and noticed these texts, I thought, ah, interesting. They're just a little bit, I mean, no dark corners is not anywhere else. And I mean, those, some of those little phrases. So it was sort of, sort of fun to play with. It really made me think about why these are rarely uh, preached because they're kind of uncomfortable. Well, I was pleased because in my research last week, <laughs> I came across an article by John Piper on th- those actual verses. Did you? And he's okay. like, problem to preach passages or something <laughs> like that. I'm thinking, oh yeah, John, you, you too. <laughs> uh, problematic passages that nobody wants to touch. But I found myself as I listened to the sermon and I listened to the message a couple times because it it really, it was, it was tough for me. It made me uncomfortable because it leaves a lot of questions mm. And it leaves, maybe even not so much questions, maybe what it's leaving is a sense that I don't have this figured out because I don't really have the answers Mm. necessarily. So I'm curious to see where we're going with this because this was good. In Luke 11, 34, a pure eye lets sunshine into your soul, an evil eye shuts out light and plunges you into darkness. And th- that that brings up some dark, I don't know, some dark images of mm-hmm. what you do and what you bring in and what you let yourself be exposed to 
can yeah. really change it affects you. your direction. All we have to really give in this world is our attention. And that's that's really all we have to give. <laughs> and so we, we, money is really just attention. We gave attention somewhere and money was given to us for giving our attention there. It's that's all true. tied back to attention. And so when we give something our attention, that's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and so you remember, and uh, maybe you remember way back from young classes in, in church when uh, be careful little eyes what you see. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> There's a father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful little eyes or careful little feet where you go. And that's and, true. And we sometimes sort of sort of slip away from that, and we begin to we begin to believe that we can live within a culture, and that we can operate, and what comes into us. We're sort of above it, you know. Yeah, I, it's not. It, I, I don't have to. I mean, you know, we understand that that rating is not good for a small child, but I'm an adult, you know, and, and so, so we begin to believe that it doesn't have an effect on us. But, but light it lightens us or it darkens us. Well, do we overestimate our own light then? I think we overestimate our own ability to handle it. To handle yeah. it, okay. Yeah, no, that's probably a better way to put and, it. And that healthy eye that's looking to light in. Um, as opposed to the the dark the, the evil eye the dark eye the, the stink eye diminish eye <laughs> stink eye <laughs> you get the look that's it <laughs> well you mentioned that several times that it seems like we would prefer a little of the twilight zone and the mm-hmm. gray versus the <laughs> versus the contrast because sure. essentially there doesn't seem to be an actual neutral zone here right I mean it's no. either there, there's really not that place where we can just kind of play both sides and say well I I don't really get the light or, you know, I'm not that great, but I'm not that bad. I'm somewhere here in the middle, but yeah. essentially it's got to be one or the other, doesn't it? Yeah. It, 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 there, there may be, there may be some of gray, uh, but did you hear that? That's all you get is a, <laughs> as we're heading toward, <laughs> as we're heading toward light or heading toward darkness immediately. But Jesus doesn't leave a, leave a lot of slip room. He really doesn't. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's just, it's sort of like when he's talking in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you can't, you can't serve two masters. Oh, there's no gray area there either. You know, no. it's either, you're either serving this or you're serving that. And so it's sort of the same way here. There is light and there is darkness. And what's really cool about light is when light comes, darkness can't stand. Right. I mean, when you light a candle in a dark room, darkness is over. Uh, it, may not be a, it may not be brilliant, but its darkness is gone. But its effect is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then it strikes you as you started to talk about, you know, being right, and being wrong, and the interlude, the other clip that you played, I don't know who that was. Well, that's Catherine Schultz, okay. um, and she, she did a TED Talk on being wrong. It's a phenomenal TED Talk. If you just go to TED and type in on being wrong, the whole thing's wrong. I've, I've thought about playing the whole thing for church and just watching it. <laughs> she wrote a whole book okay. called On Being Wrong and uh, actually uses uses the origins of our denomination as Seventh-day really? Adventist for a big chunk of a chapter okay. about being wrong and how you relate to making a mistake. Like 1844 yeah. wrong? Yeah, like, like the 1844 okay. wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well, the way she described it and the way she set the story up was brilliant, and I, I'll, I'll totally screw it up if I do it. So do do go to the TED Talks, and, and uh, you can look that up, or if you go it's back to YouTube, the archives, so. the part that Andy actually used, of course, is there, uh, hospitalchurch.org. But everyone wants to be right, but is being right an absolute necessity to being in the light? No, I tell you. Because that, that confuses. Bec- that, becoming comfortable with being wrong is really an important part of walking in the light. <laughs> it really is. Oh, man. Oh. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, her point about how does it feel to be wrong. Right. And it's not... It, that's not how – all those bad feelings are really when you, about knowing you're wrong. Yeah. And uh, feeling wrong feels just like feeling right. 
Until you know you're wrong. Until, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and so and so we don't have a lot of experience as humans on feeling wrong because as soon as you realize you're wrong, you say, "Oh, I was wrong," and now you don't feel wrong because you're not wrong anymore. You've admitted you were wrong, so now you're right again. Okay. So, so there's not a there's not a lot of bandwidth in our lives for uh, how to manage that wrongness uh, and and making a mistake, making a or being wrong, just being wrong, just being wrong. Yeah. Okay, so where are you then? When you aren't sure of something. I mean, I don't know if A is light and B is dark. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. sure. So is that the boop? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> is that the gray area? I, th- I think that's the moment when we, we're called to do research. We're called to do prayer. We're called to ask friends. These, these both seem like they might have light to them. Okay. Uh, it's, it's Jesus said clearly in Scripture, again, you know, there's a way that seems right to a person, you know, right. that, that, that looks like light, but the end of it is darkness. And so, I mean, the, the, the devil is so incredibly good at making darkness appear like light. That's why Isaiah says, you know, woe to him who calls wrong, wrong right, right, wrong, 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 who calls yeah. dark, light, light, dark. And, and yet that's what our adversary is constantly doing with God. Yeah. So, in my opinion, again, I'll probably get some criticism for this, but but a lot of the <laughs> yeah. stories in the Old Testament that that attribute what we would call some really bad stuff to God may not really be attributable to God. That may be the perceptions of the humans that wrote that, as opposed to the actual that God did this. Um, we could, I could. Talk about plagues and talk, anyway, but sure. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I had a conversation with someone who I hadn't seen in years recently, and it was part of a um, prophecy seminar. Mm. The question, in a roundabout way, in multiple different wordings, basically came out to how do I know that what I'm hearing is right, or how do I know that it's correct, or how do I know that the interpretation of truth, air mm-hmm. quotes, is really truth. So we're really just waiting for the Holy Spirit to provide that because we're, we're the Bible tells us we're responsible sure. for what the light we've been given and what we've been convicted of by the Holy Spirit. So well, you're kind of weighing that out. Using, I'm not sure. And using Scripture as a sort of a, a standard by which we would evaluate that. How clear is Scripture about things? That's yeah. one, of, one of the challenges with the prophecies, the eschatological portions of Scripture is they seem rather complex. They seem a little confusing. There's symbolisms involved. And so really one of the things I believe is really important for Christians in their, in their general walk for, to, to stay in the light and not be in the dark is spend the vast majority, maybe 95 98% of your time, on things in Scripture that are very clear. Right. There is more clear that for us to practice yeah. than, than we'll ever get around to before having to worry about the fuzzy <laughs> sections. <laughs> That's true. And so oftentimes, and I, and I don't say this in a hypercritical way, but I think sometimes going to the confusing, more difficult passages of Scripture that are really, no one knows for sure what, exactly what they mean. When a person writes a whole book, for instance, on a, a section of Revelation, and the conclusion is they could be this or that. That can often be a diversion from saying, what do you want me to do today, God? Yeah. How how should I treat the world? How can I make the world a better place today? Well, I'll just go off and fantasize about what all these things might might mean. Right. When there's such great clear scripture over here, love your brother, do good to those who are bad to you, you know, care for care for others. That, that they're just really pretty straightforward. And part of that is the growth, right? I mean, if we're practicing the things that we have absolutely no worries, no, no we're, worries. We're, we're on the good side here. <laughs> we know that we always know that we can love better. We always mm-hmm. know that we can lift the name of Jesus better right. and try to portray that better. And if we stay out of the weeds a little bit more, maybe mm-hmm. once we're good at that, maybe more is given to us as we mature. Sure. And and 
holding truth and knowing truth, and this was part of the sermon a little bit too, is only to be ours for the benefit of of humanity or to reveal God. Right. It, it's not it's not something that we learn or hold so that we can go. Oh, oh we have this. You know, yeah. we we have this special knowledge. We don't want to gloat with yeah. it. Well, you said darkness blinds, darkness paralyzes, darkness removes color, and it cripples our progress. And that was kind of right in that area with verse 35, make sure that the light you think you have is not really darkness. <laughs> but anything we pursue as light, when we can, if, if it's not filtered through Jesus to know that it is light, mm. it's, it's going to be darkness, right? Yeah. And so how do we identify those good things that might be, you know, maybe those are in the beep, you know, oh. we're, we're in the light with this, but sure. boy, oh boy, it's, it's slowly creeping up on us. How do we avoid that? Is there a way that we kind of judge uh, when those things are moving <laughs> over to the dark side? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things we can do is, is to, again, back to focus and attention. Uh, we look at the thing about Hebrews, you know, focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That whole knowing what, when, we, when something is clearly wrong, saying, Okay, don't don't dabble in that. Yeah, when something was clearly right, let's let's move toward that. I think gives b- develops a pattern in our lives, sort of to distinguish light and darkness more quickly. But good things. Uh, a great illustration I got at lunch today from a friend. We were talking about the sermon a little bit, and he said, you, "He said I thought it was interesting how good things can get in the way." He said, "If you're in the light, but you hold up a mirror and block the light." The mirror could reflect the light if it was turned around, but if, it's, if you're looking into the mirror and the light's being blocked by the mirror, hmm. it's, it's nothing wrong with the mirror, but it's still blocking the light from still you. Still blocking yeah. the light, and the focus is on you versus the light. Focus is on you. Oh, man, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> you know, this whole thing can be—it sounds a little milky to me, you know, when we just went to the Milk and Meat series, and this is sounding like, well, we're just going to do the easy stuff that we know, so it sounds a little milky and a little bit less on the meat, and that, that kind of lends itself also to— this, this like whole self-auditing thing, mm. I mean, that's not something that we're going like, hey, let's see if we can find something wrong with Randy today, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's awesome. Let's, you know. Um, well, no dark corners, though. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm just from my own experience that this can be extremely difficult to really quantify with kind of realistic or even <laughs> honest parameters. We really can't do that audit without prayer and study in right. the Word, right? I mean, right. that that's just a prerequisite. We need we need that... that um standard by which to to look at ourselves. That's very true. It, it is, it's just that we're all a little bit lazy, okay? No, of course. Yeah, yeah. And so it's much easier to, to, to be engaged in life and just live our lives than to take some time to say, I, I want to meditate about my practices. How am I really living my life? Uh, the whole scripture, number your days, you know, to, yeah. to think, about, think about how you're living. And we don't want to become navel gazers. I'm not saying this is something that should be an everyday thing. Yeah. But yeah. it's probably an important thing to, to, to say, are there some dark corners in my life yeah. that I may not be giving attention to <laughs> and that I need to shine a little light in? Because once they're lit up, then, okay, that's not a dark corner anymore. So. And here's a hint. The answer is always yes. <laughs> yes, okay. It's called fallen humanity. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I never read Luke 11.36 with this context, because when you read it with the message that you put around it, mm-hmm. it's pretty beautiful, yeah. right? I mean, if you're filled with the light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight is shining on you. Yeah. And actually, the, the Greek words actually say, it'll, it'll be, you'll become a, an emitter of light. Yeah. It, you, you're not, you're not wow. just, you're not just 
getting light reflected into you, you become, you're disposing of light. It's coming out of you kind of thing. And it's coming yeah. out. That's great. That really sounds like a, a wonderful way to live and a way to experience this journey that, I mean, we're all a part of it. But it seems like it's really unattainable or lofty for any like real serious stretch of time. So that's where mm. the discipline of our daily – Boy, daily discipline is hard to beat. But how do we as a church community – I mean this can be difficult for someone that maybe doesn't have those disciplines mm. or is struggling with those disciplines. How can we you know, as a church community – I mean we, you know, we're talking about going outside of our wall, right. you know, church without walls. And, but sometimes the health within requires that. Does this speak to last week's relational engagement for answers as the roadmap? Sure, it can. It can. And, and we have to be careful that we couch any of that sort of relational engagement – uh, as far as the light and darkness go, as an encourager of light and not a judger of, of darkness. darkness. <laughs> oh, th- there you go. Don't Yeah, make sure we don't have those two mixed together because that would not be good. We're quickly running out of time and I had so much more to cover. But our last of our FHC takeaways this past week asked the question, how do you feel about being the light of the world? Now, this seems like a logical question, maybe even a simple question on the surface, but the more I looked at it and thought on it, it became a bit unnerving because when you consider who you're representing – and the nature of the brightness of the light you're giving to your world, it becomes a much heavier scenario <laughs> loaded with a lot of questions and personally a lot of self-doubt about what am I doing to share what I have that God gave me to, to share. And I haven't answered that to my own satisfaction just yet. Maybe you haven't either, but I uh, would love to hear your thoughts as this is something we all have to answer and maybe a little encouragement along the way and interest in somebody else's yeah. and in each other's lives goes a long way to do that. So you can share those directly from the FHC mobile app. Uh, just hit media and podcast tab, and you can send us a text or email right inside of there or 407-965-1607 or podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And finally, if we won't get in the way, Andy said, the Spirit's work in us will draw us like a moth to the light. He, by His grace, shines His light into every corner of our lives that we might see what needs to be confessed and repented. And see seems to be the word that should have the bold, the italicized, underlined, and maybe even some air quotes around there just to make sure that we caught that part. So uh, do send those along. And what's coming up this week? Jesus is going from village to village, steadily heading toward Jerusalem. Someone asks him, will only a few be saved? Uh Uh-oh. Well, now, you, <laughs> and the conversation ends it's there. Luke 13. Luke 13. So uh, definitely don't miss this coming week. You'll want to know if you are included in those that will be saved, if you're one of the few, or maybe it's a bunch, and we'll get those questions answered. So until next week and episode 42, this is Randy for Andy and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we'll see you then.